to the Apple of Truth, a bi-weekly podcast where we cover every episode of Lucifer while exploring plot holes and admiring the guyliner, all with love for the show and its creators. I'm Vero. And I'm Lina. And today we're covering season one, episode two, Lucifer, stay, good devil. But before we go into the episode, we have to do wonderful shout outs to our even more wonderful Patreons. Because even before we had released our very first episode, those five people already wanted to support us. We have two heathens, as our first Patreon tier is called, and those are Matthias and Chris. So thank you two. And we have three true believers. Believers is our second tier at Patreon. And those three amazing believers are Lada, Catherine and Maiden. All our love to the five of you. Thank you so much for supporting us. This is amazing. It's very exciting. It's very <laughs> exciting. And like I said, a bit terrifying. What is not terrifying this time is the summaries that are available for this episode because they are nigh identical. What? I'm disappointed. Yes, I was disappointed as well. But... They're nigh identical. Even the German one is more or less a literal translation of the English one. And also IMDb and Amazon are nearly the same. The description reads, When a movie star's son is killed after being chased by the paparazzi, Chloe takes a deep look into the case with a little help from Lucifer. Meanwhile, Mace and Amanadiel continue to encourage Lucifer to go back to hell. Great description, but do you know what is Hilarious. Tell me, tell me, tell me. The title in German. Because in English, the title is Lucifer Stay Good Devil, which is a fun enough title and um, it's quoted in the episode. Yeah, it is. The title of the episode in German is The Devil in Therapy. Okay. We have three minutes in this episode, basically, where he is a therapy. Not more. And those minutes, he kind of helps not in the therapy, really. They're still, still talking about therapy. But in total, we have eh. like three to four minutes of therapy happening in a 40-something <laughs> minute episode. But hey, Germans, let's call this episode The Devil in Therapy. Technically, in English, it's called by a quote from the episode. So that's even less time spent on it, right? I think that is a, like a movie trope thing to name drop the yeah. title in the movie or the show so I can live with that or a song song trope which is a great segue because I have a massive request for our listeners the song that is at the beginning of this episode the lyrics go something like I ain't got no soul, the preacher told me so. I could not, for the life of me, find it anywhere. And it wasn't just me. The whole internet couldn't find it anywhere. As far as I could tell, I spent a long time looking for that song. Because it's a good song. And I want that song. So please, please, if anybody who's listening to this knows what song this is, please send it my way. Because I have decided that I'm going to start collecting all the songs from the series as we're going to go and I'm going to create a playlist on Spotify. It's called TAOT Playlist and it's on Spotify so uh, you should be able to find that and follow that if you want to. But I will create this and I will build this over the time we're going to be covering the show and I want this song to be on it. I will love you forever. Please do send your tips and recommendations or ideas what song it could be to Vero because otherwise she's going to be very sad and we don't want that. I really want that song. <laughs> that is also segueing us perfectly to uh, the preacher. Preacher time. Preacher time. He is so funny. For scene one, I have a title and I called it Don't mess with the devil or you'll go insane. <laughs> That's a good title. And my description is Lucifer confronts a performer on the strip who pretends to be a preacher. Yes, so. that is exactly what happens. So uh, we have this weird, weird guy who is shouting out something about devil walking amongst us while Lucy walking past and obviously Lucifer being Lucifer needs to stop and have a conversation with this guy because he's obviously pleased that somebody is taking him finally seriously, right? I actually have it down as a question. Is this the fucking first time Lucifer encountered someone preaching about the devil? Seems highly unlikely. I'm pretty sure he just does it for the kicks. So it's not the first time he listened to someone talk shit about the devil and drove them insane. Well, 
I'd say that maybe this might be the first time that this is a performer. I would assume that he would pass by actual people who think that there's apocalypse coming and shit like that. So he wouldn't mind the actual preacher preaching against the devil, but because the dude is a charlatan, a liar, to quote Lucifer, yeah, he has an issue with it. Yes, okay, I think so. Because he's very amused at the beginning, and once he figures out that this is a game an act he gets very upset or upset he just he just he doesn't like liars and which i find hilarious because you do know that one of the names of the devil is the prince of lies which is bullshit in this case well for lucifer it is but it is one of his many many names that get used so i find it very hilarious that then we are circling back to the (laughs) fact that lucy just hates the descriptions and the way he is depicted in a human bible or a human perception i think we touched on that last time when we talked he only wants the fun things that he doesn't want to be blamed for all of humanity's failings when they do it all themselves yeah no what i'm trying to say is that he doesn't like all the depictions that he has been given over the years by humans because not all of them are true he doesn't want to be blamed for humanity's mistakes he doesn't like labels let's put it that way Oh, he likes his labels. He just doesn't like the labels that others put on him instead of themselves. Yeah, so he likes labels that he created, but he doesn't like labels that other people are trying to put on him. I think that in light of the scene with him calling out the lies of the preacher, his own extreme honesty makes a lot more sense. And spoiler for this episode... Not a single Lucifer lie. Yeah, that's good. That means that when I watched this the first time, I wasn't wrong when I thought that he doesn't lie. Well, he lied twice last episode, but... Not twice. He lied once. He lied twice. No, either way. (laughs) I'd say one for sure, maybe two lies, but I don't think the second thing is a lie in the first episode. We'll see how the counter goes. What I found very interesting is... We pretty much ended last episode with the devil face when he takes Mm -hmm. down Jimmy the slime bag. And this early on, we already get the devil face again. Which is exciting. I really like that. And I love when he leaves the scene with his statement that he's here until the end of time. I do really enjoy the way this is shot as well. Yeah. So when you have the end shot of this scene of the money falling down and people just going mental after the bills, which is... It also mirrors the beginning of the first episode where he bribes the cop when he says something to the content that humans really like the money. And here again, we have money and humans in a not so positive context. So I find that interesting. Also, I think that this moment, it just shows us, and this is not the only time this episode, where Lucy is walking through a crowd and he puts a seed of chaos in the crowd and just walks away through the chaos. It's also notable that while the chaos that he created or that he caused is happening, no one is smitten by him. They're all too focused on the money to notice Lucifer's potential effect on them. Yeah, and I think that shows really well how money-centered people are. At least in this depiction. So money obviously is something they all desire more than whatever Lucifer might represent for them. Okay. So, speaking of the devil, he's going somewhere. And that's the title of the next scene. The devil goes to therapy. Which is also the title of the German episode. Woohoo! <laughs> My description for this one is... Linda demonstrates a keen insight into Lucifer while he name drops several other very descriptive names. He starts this whole conversation with Satan, Beelzebub, Old Scratch... Prince of Darkness. He personally really like Alt Scratch. Mm -hmm. Which is why. Why this one out of the other ones? Do you know Alt Scratch? No. I mean, I feel like I've heard it, but I don't know. Is there any significance to it? Well, I did a deep dive. As I want to do. So let's go through the names that he drops. First he drops Satan, which basically is Hebrew for the adversary. The noun Satan, which adversary or accuser, occurs nine times in the Hebrew Bible. Five times it is used to describe a human military, political or legal opponent. So not the devil. And four times it's with reference to a divine being. But still not the devil as we imagine Satan nowadays. During the first century, 
Satan as a name is adopted into the growing Christian movement. And mm -hmm. in Revelations, for the non-Christians among us, that is the final book of the New Testament, there Satan is described as the ancient serpent. But there is no clear link anywhere in the Bible between Satan and the talking snake of Eden. So that much for Satan. Belzebub is in direct violation to you saying he doesn't like labels from others because Belzebub means Lord of the Flies and is Canaanite deity that was named in the Old Testament as a false idol that the Hebrews were supposed to shun. I will interject here. He doesn't say he likes this one. He says he likes the old scratch. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. But still, he names himself as something that he doesn't like. Yeah. So... We have the accuser, we have the Lord of Lies, and then we have Old Scratch. This most likely comes from the Middle English word scrat, that is the name for a demon or a goblin, and it's most likely derived from Old Norse skratte. In German, that would be a schrat, and in Czech, because I also looked up what it, where it came from in Czech, it would be skratek, which is S K R A with a thingy on top. Skra T E K. Skratek? Yes. A bit later in the same scene, he also name drops, of course, the Prince of Darkness. I did not find any official relevance for that, so... I think he re just really likes the sound of it. I think it's very much pop culture, so... That's a bit background information on the names. I have a question. Yes. When she says, like, you came to LA to take a vacation, and he goes, where else would I go? Why is LA the obvious choice? Because Los Angeles is dubbed as the city of angels. Yeah, but he's not particularly fond of angels or being an angel or has any positive relation to the word angel. I think he just really loved the irony. I'm not so sure. That would be my interpretation. That he he himself, Lucifer, the fallen angel, would live in the city of angels. And lastly, for that scene, I have praise for Linda. Aww. Because I just love how Linda is still such a capable therapist, despite having the hots for Lucifer and literally jumping his bones, <laughs> which I, I, I absolutely love it. I like her dealing with this as a metaphor. Mm -hmm. This is a very smart approach from her as a therapist but it's also a smart approach from the perspective of the TV show because yeah. this way we do not have to deal with her believing or not believing or yada 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 but this way he can speak freely and she can communicate with him on that level so I really like that solution I literally laughed out loud when Lucifer went I don't have insecurities <laughs> dude I know you're an angel I know you're the fucking devil you have so many insecurities so yeah that I found hilarious yes and when she points out that he might be changing and he utterly rejects it he's an immortal mm -hmm. change at a rate that he seems to be changing now must be terrifying because for us as, as mortals it would be like going through deep emotional psychological change in a matter of seconds instead yeah. of years and so I get why he reacts as disbelieving even though he contradicts the whole reaction later on mm -hmm. when he tells uh, Amenadiel that his life is change but we're gonna come back to that yeah That's all I have for this scene. Watching Linda work is kind of like going to therapy with, without actually going to therapy. Do you know what I'm saying? That's a very good description. So the whole way... Have you ever been in therapy? I was briefly and it did not work out. Okay, because I was in therapy and it was great. So. Oh no, I believe, I believe if you can find the right person to do this with, it's very good for you. Oh yeah, as usual. If the doctor sucks, then it's not gonna work. You need a proper competent doctor. They don't have to suck, it's just sometimes you have different approach or you need different approach so true and i want to insert this to anybody who's listening the fact that if you went and it was horrible it's not your fault but try again. and please try again because yes. this can definitely help you out if, once you find the right person For once you find your linda it's gonna work exactly go out there and find your linda yes in general, it's, a, it's very impressive how positive the whole therapy approach is portrayed in the show. Yes. He goes to therapy and it's normal and positive and healthy. So I really liked it because it could have been played for jokes. And they joke about his blind spots, but not about the therapy on itself. So yes. I'm quite positively impressed by that. I think if it would not have been handled this well, it probably 
would have been dropped way quicker on the show yes. as well. Do you have anything else for that scene? Not anything else. So we are moving on to Lux, where Chloe tries to spy on Lucy. She's so bad. And she obviously is very, very quickly discovered by Mazakin. They have a proper interaction. I called the scene, believing in Chloe do not fit. Because she's so utterly opposed to believing Lucifer. And mm-hmm. my description is Chloe sucks at being undercover and tries to solve the mystery. That is Lucifer. Oh, it's so cute why she tries. <laughs> but Lucifer playing the piano in the middle of the club and the club going silent. Oh, yes. This is where I fall in love. You remember last episode, the German summary was his piano club. Right? Yes. So I I love that we now actually have the piano and him playing it and him playing it great. And the Mm -hmm. only thing missing is, of course, him singing along. But... Oh, well, we can, we can be hopeful. So I I love him playing there. And you're absolutely right. When the audience goes quiet. But I also have a question for this scene. Give me. At the very end of the scene, her cell Mm -hmm. phone rings. Mm -hmm. And... Lucifer goes, oh God, not that again. When were they interrupted by a phone call before? Oh, I remember in the car when she gets a phone call in previous episode about Trixie. You're right. I'm going to strike right? the question. Thank you. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> now we are going to what was the phone call? What affected Chloe this much? It's death. It's murder. <laughs> <laughs> These beautiful shots. Oh my God, the light. Uh, Pretty much my notes. This is how I named the scene. Okay. (laughs) This is what you named the scene. I named the scene, what's good for Lucy is not good enough for Chloe. And my scene description also implies one of my questions later on. Chloe has personal issues and Lucifer is not being very sensitive about it or even the crime scene. What you got? Okay, for the first time, ever done is presented as a decent human being it makes me very uncomfortable is he though i mean he calls her even though she's on a sick leave because he knows that she would want to know about what happened do we know for sure that he called her yeah he says it he only says i understand why you wanted to be here well yeah but that implies that he was the one who got her there because nobody in the department talks to her Okay, because she ends her phone call with, I owe you one. And I kind of feel like she wouldn't say to Dan that she owes him one. Well, I feel like their relationship is getting a little bit better compared to the first episode already. Okay. We don't see it 100% in this scene, but we are in a a little bit. We're going to see them debating Mm. the case in her apartment. And it feels like they resolved some of their issues. Less tension there. Yes. Yes. Okay. Gonna accept that he called her. (laughs) Thank you. But even the way he treats her, it feels a little bit better. Luckily, luckily, and this is what I said exactly, he's about to come back to his annoying self real quick. And this is the scene where Lucifer calls Dan Detective Douche for the first time. Exactly my note. Detective Douche named for the first time. Woohoo! Yeah, I love this nickname. I love that Lucifer is coming in with nicknames. It's great. It's so funny. What I really, really like is Lucifer's statement. If I don't affect you, I'm curious as to what does. Yeah. Because his obsession with Chloe is starting to manifest for real. In the previous scene... He point blank asks her, why do I not affect you? Mm-hmm. And I mean, he asked her before, right? Not straight into her face. Not, not oh, like, not okay. this literally. Okay. And he's, he's getting more and more focused on her. So mm-hmm. I really like that. And also we get the Nick Hofmeister name drop. Yes. And we? we yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. In the conversation. Yes. Chloe and Dan talk about it. And we see Nick being moved into a car and Nick Hofmeister is being played by Jeremy Davies and I adore this actor. This is one of the actors where it doesn't matter who or what he plays, I will instantly love that character no matter what kind of asshole, douche, murderer, (laughs) horrible person he is because I love the actor so much. Yeah. Where do I know him from? I know him from somewhere. He was in everything. Seriously, check out his IMDb page and you will have seen like a third of everything he's been in. And I've met him at one of the Hannibal conventions. And also, last episode, you said eye contact is necessary. Mm -hmm. And here we get a very, very, very strong confirmation on that. Yes. So props to you. 
And I'm gonna strike the question. Thank you. <gasps> if Lucifer's powers require eye contact, because I'm pretty sure this can be counted as enough. Especially in this episode, yes. Yeah, on and on and We on. We can bring the question back if it ever changes in the future. Exactly, but for now I consider this question answered. Title card! Yay! I love the title card. It's so pretty. The picture is great. The sound effect is great. It's five seconds long, which is a perfect length. It's Everything is great about it. I love it. And we're back to the scene. And Dan is being a dick again. Yes. All is good with the world. Yeah. <laughs> All is right in the world. <laughs> All is wrong with Dan. He's, again, very much <laughs> not about doing actual police work. And more about just quickly closing the case. So, so Dan is being don't a douche, worry. and I don't want to talk about Dan anymore <laughs> because I hate him. And I want to talk about the fact that Lucifer's fucking jokes, the stupid jokes. Who else here loves Lucifer jokes? You don't. Okay, I love Lucifer jokes. Please, puff puff pass. Puff puff pass. Not puff puff stomp angrily. It's so funny. He is so upset. Sorry. I got I just I just couldn't. And then he tries to go for a pun because the evidence is now gone up in smoke. I know it's so funny. You do know my <laughs> personal stance on puns, right? Yeah, but you don't mind. <laughs> I'm very glad you enjoy it this much. I love Lucifer's sense of humor. It just makes me very happy. My face is pretty much Chloe's face when she looks at him and goes like, I did not. I just want to point out that Lucifer first calls Nick a cockroach and then he changes his tune where once he starts talking to him and he starts calling him a dung beetle, which he does not drop till the very last scene. So Lucy and his obsession with nicknames is hilarious yes it's so good however <laughs> however is lucifer really high or are, am i high no i'm not he's most definitely not high because in the next scene he says that it takes ages i don't think he's high yeah. yet so we're gonna move on to uh, the penthouse i called this scene not the penthouse i called it being sober makes family visits so much worse oh that's so true right <laughs> I mean, not, not that I don't love family visits. I love my family and spending time with them, but it's so much more fun when we get shit-faced together. Anyhow, we have a great song playing. I have found the song. It's weirdly in a higher pitch than the original. Okay. It is called Devils by Say Hi. Mm. And it's a great song. It's on my playlist. Very good. And as this beautiful song starts playing, we see a woman and a man next to Lucifer in his bed, naked. Hmm. And he gets up, and as he's putting on his beautiful satin robe, we get a little glimpse. A super short glimpse, like you have to freeze frame through it, basically. Yeah, but noticeable glimpse of scars on his back. Hmm. What do you think that means? Whatever could it mean, I think we might find out in the future. It's something that I only noticed on a second watch, I think. And then I, I just can't unsee it now. Yeah, once once you know it's there, you see it every time. So, yeah, we see the scars and I am intrigued. I don't know about you, but I am intrigued about what this entails. I'm more intrigued about other things in this scene. I think this is why my focus wasn't as much on the scars on his back. Okay, well, fair enough. Tell me about yours. I told you mine. Well, so I have several things. The male, male, female threesome gets called the devil's threesome by Lucifer. Mm -hmm. Do you know why he calls it the devil's threesome or why it is called the devil's threesome? I do not. A male, male, female threesome is called the devil's threesome because you have two horns. Wink, wink. Oh, I had no idea. That's a fun fact. That's why I this time inserted the fun facts into the episode instead of collecting them in the beginning. Of course, we have the shiny red apple of truth, which he takes, hello, old friend. So obviously, Lucifer is in this show context. He's supposed to be involved in the original sin of eating the apple of truth that gave humanity the ability to differentiate between good and evil and thus Given, giving humanity free will. Also, we get an answer to your question from last episode. 
why Which is? the liquid pours so slowly when Mace pours at the bar, but Lucifer is still sipping his drink. Because mm-hmm. Lucifer literally says to Amanda Deal, I'm sober and it takes ages to pour a drink when you're around. So Yeah, but that doesn't answer my question. The pouring is obviously affected, but he is still he's again, he has already something in his glass and he's sipping it. So the pouring is the one thing that is affected. Yeah, but I don't understand what's the difference. That's that was my question. The difference between the glass and the and the bowl. Well, at least it's acknowledged that there's a difference. Now maybe not an answer, but an acknowledgement. Thank you. Thank you for the acknowledgement of my issue. See? That the show acknowledges it. I have a question about Amenadiel says, I will speak to father. About what? What would be the benefit if Amenadiel spoke to God on Lucifer's behalf? What could be won by that? Maybe we are working with the concept that God would be upset with Lucifer and try to punish him more for leaving hell. And Ames is willing to put in a good word so the punishment isn't too hard. As this is the way he wants to present this, even though I think he's bullshitting. I'm absolutely sure. I'm I'm 100% sure he's bullshitting because Lucifer has to return to hell and resume his duties. So he obviously cannot talk to father on behalf of Lucifer not having to fulfill the duties or take regular time off or shit like that. If God wanted Mm -hmm. to punish Lucifer for leaving his post in hell, he could simply do so. He's Mm -hmm. fucking God. Yeah, exactly. In my opinion, this is bullshit and lie by Amenadiel. Amenadiel obviously has no issue lying. Well, we have we have the the mention I did last time that the corruption of Ames has started last episode. It's continuing by him bullshitting. By him trying to insert himself into Lucifer's life and convince him to get back to hell. Trying to be on his side, his advocate. Pretty much trying to manipulate him into whatever he wants to. And that is not okay. And it's just destroying the idea of him being a good soldier, I guess. I don't know how to, if I'm explaining this correctly. No, he's supposed to be an, an angelic being. And so lying and deceit are not something that should clothe him in any way. As a parallel, lying and deceiving and manipulation are supposed to be Lucifer's traits. And he refuses to do them... Yeah. yeah, and what we see now is that Lucy refuses to d- do them, but Ames has no issues whatsoever to just get down on his knees and dirty with all of these things. So who is the devil, really? Yeah, so maybe a man deal would be suited to take over Lucifer's job down in hell, just like Lucifer implies, like, are you scared you might have to take over? Which I found yeah, very, exactly. very hilarious, I must say. Because yeah, a man deal is like this. not amused by that and... Uh, I find it amazing. I don't think I can imagine him amused in general, so... True, true, but he's especially displeased <laughs> by this suggestion. Also, any interaction with, with Lucifer makes him very displeased in general, so... Amenadine has a very big stick up his butt. I have another question. Yeah, go on. We have, again, a mention of change happening to Lucifer, not being caused by him. Mm-hmm. And he replies with, my life is change. Is it, though? In what ways is the devil's life change? I would imagine it would have something to do with the fact that he needs to change the torture. Does he? Well, it doesn't have to, but, you know, so he doesn't get bored. He was bored. That's why he left hell. If his life has changed, why would he get bored of it? And apparently the last five years Hmm. on Earth, he spent drinking, imbibing, and fucking. So not much change there as, as well. So I... I claim that his life is not changed. And he's only saying... Well, maybe he likes to think so. Oh, he, he definitely likes to think so. But I think it's also mostly for Amenadiel's benefit. Basically, you're the stick in the mud uh, that's always doing the same thing. So the devil having to be the opposite mm-hmm. has to be about change. The thing is, ugh, I'm going to bring free will into this. Ooh. Ooh. It's happening. So... In theory, because uh, angels, in order for them not to have change, that means that they don't have free will. They don't have the will to change anything. And then Lucifer, because he did fight for his free will by falling and... He exercised free will by betraying God and defying his will. And... That means change. He is free. So he is the one angel who did change. Yeah, that's what I'm aiming at. Ah. You do know that depending on which Christian lore you read, Lucifer had other angels fall with him. Ooh. 
So before we go to the next scene, fun fact for those wonderful listeners who have no access to our bonus material, the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil was originally not an apple. And if you want to know more, you need access to our bonus content. Or just ask us. Yeah, you can just go to the Discord and Lina's gonna send you the whole file. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a half an hour lecture. No, no biggie. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just gonna copy paste it from the notes. So, scene six. I call it, no one is getting what they want. And I call it, what the fuck is a no-no site? <laughs> a port site? That's what I assume. But why would Trixie in her seven years of age know what a porn site is? Because she has the internet. Well, yeah, but like, ah. Also, literally, Chloe is looking at a no-no site because she's not supposed to be looking at that page while she's not working. I just found it hilarious. For me, it's just another let's children not call things by the actual name and I have an issue with yeah. it. So yeah. this time I decided not to go off on a rant. Okay. <laughs> also, Trixie gets her front teeth. Yay! I'm so proud so of her. So much time must have passed between this episode and the last episode. Okay, so... Lucy is, again, super uncomfortable around her. And again, in mm -hmm. my opinion, what sets it off is her honest and physical affection. He has yeah. an issue with that. I also feel he's reaching when he compares... Chloe having a famous, in quotation marks, uh, actress as a mother to him having God as father. Very different type of legacies. Like he's reaching for them to have something in common. Yeah, for sure. My last note for this scene is Lucifer is not used to being shut out. Like he's, he oh. keeps standing in front yeah. of the closed door. <laughs> you can see him it's... in the window. He, she, she, she clearly bugs him for not being affected by him like it's yes he is so he's annoyed and he's annoyed and annoying and annoying obviously but but yeah after he's being shut out lucifer does the only thing that makes sense in my opinion and that's also what i called the next scene and that is going straight to the source yep and my description is lucifer interrogates nick but only gets half the story Ooh. we write off get yeah. again a confirmation of your theory with the eye contact because when he mm -hmm. starts talking to the police person she brushes him off quite rudely until she looks in his eyes and that mm -hmm. is where she does a 180 baby voice so yep. obviously the eye contact is the thing that makes difference so i'm gonna keep the question are blind people immune to lucifer in my yes. notes and I will try to ask this question to either Tom or Ildi when we are at Lux. Yep, because we need to know. Yep. So Lucifer is oversharing with Nick. Obviously, he always overshares. Yeah. He's like me. And me, just now. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, in this episode, there are not many scenes where I'm impressed with the acting. Like, it's, it's normal, good level, but nothing to write home about. Except in this scene, when Lucifer learns about Chloe's father's death and mm -hmm. Nick opens up with what happened, you mm -hmm. see genuine compassion in his face. And mm -hmm. that acting from his cocky non-interest playing with Nick and making this, this super quick but still super smooth facial change to this compassionate face damn that was mm. that was solid so tom ellis yeah pretty good he's a god <laughs> no he's a devil and also i'm highly impressed that nick is able to withstand lucifer so much because so far the only person to be affected but still more or less withstanding or keeping a, a somewhat professional level is linda and she yes. gives in at the end and mm -hmm. nick really holds his own so that speaks for his character in my opinion yes his character and his motivation yes i'd say this all comes down to the fact that he is trying to better himself and he's trying to protect somebody and do the right thing yes exactly so The motivation, I'd say it's very strong. Yeah, on, but it's, uh, it's, it's impressive. This whole situation. It is very impressive. I absolutely agree. Yeah, so I really, really like that. Also, Jeremy Davis just plays Nick <laughs> so brilliantly. 
I mean, we've been all over this. Yes, I know. I will be all over this every single time. <laughs> I love that man. And we here get an explicit look at me by Lucifer. And yes, that's the third time. And yes, eye contact. Hereby, it's officially yes. dropped. It's canon now. <laughs> yes, it is what it is. Exactly. That's all I have for this one. Yes. And, and we are moving very briefly to... Yeah, very briefly. I have no notes <laughs> for the next one. I have one note and that is, look at that beautiful green screen. I again didn't notice it was a fucking green screen. It's so obvious. I think I'm blind for, for stuff like this. Oh well, that's what I got you for. I'm here, I'm the I'm the green screen counter. You're the eyes and ears, and I'm the librarian. Yes. Okay, so you're Good. saying like I'm Giles. So you're Giles and I'm Willow. Thank you. I have no notes on scene eight. Um I called it Chloe doing dance work because yes. she's doing the due diligence. My only note except for green screen is that Chloe shows that she is very compassionate and Yeah. She's, she's empathizing. It really speaks to me. And this is a very, very much a scene for me liking. Oh, absolutely. This, this scene is great for us to like Chloe. Yes. That, that, that's a very good point. Which yes. I think we need. And that's the only thing I have. Scene nine. I called it, everyone is annoyed with Lucifer. I call it, flying coin is cool. <laughs> Okay, so Lucifer is playing with the coin again. Also, I noticed he's wearing a very obvious ring, so I'm going to keep my eye out if he always wears that or not. I love that Maze is basically annoyed at everything, or annoyed by everything. I love that Lucifer doesn't love being on the receiving end of brutal honesty, which is usually his trademark. Yep. And I adore when she pokes at him and he he calls it being disrespectful in my opinion she's not disrespectful at all but he kind of goes Rawr! and i love the eyes this time yes no more goat eyes and they're amazing they're so good and for me there is sexual tension in that moment mace lucy when he gets super angry ah yeah mm-hmm Yep. Sexual tension right there. <laughs> and of course, Chloe has to come in exactly this moment. And I don't blame her for assuming that she interrupted foreplay because damn girl, you did. I find it interesting that she actively tells Lucifer to come along. And she also talks about our killer. So now there is an us when she talks about yep. Lucifer and her. So I found it interesting. This gets established way better. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Not just here, but even the fact that later on, when they go interrogate Josh in the car, when he's creeping up on the lady there, mm. <gasps> we just have him there be with her. Yeah. So we kind of, over this episode, we're establishing the fact that she probably enjoys working with him. She wants him to tag along. Yeah. Still with the excuse of her keeping an eye on him, but she tells him to yeah. come along. And also, of course, we get the name drop of the episode. Yes, we do. Next up, I got Stalking the Stalker. Our dynamic duo tries to find their photo stalker. Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Did you catch the nickname Lucifer uses for the other paparazzi? Paparazzo, I think is the singular. No. He called him Friar Tuck. Friar Tuck. Do you know who Friar Tuck is? No. Friar Tuck is the friar from Robin Hood. Ah! I have no idea why he would call him Friar Tuck, because the dude is not portly or anything. Hmm, interesting. But did you know that Tom Ellis no. was no. Robin Hood? Yeah, I knew in that. In a very short moment in Once Upon a Time, before they had to cast another actor, because Tom Ellis had other things to do. Oh, no, is that the reason why, he, why they recasted him? Yes. I was so disappointed. He was so good! You can find it on YouTube. He was so good as a Robin Hood. And it's hilarious. I mean, the second Robin Hood is pretty good as well. But he is, uh, he is so good. I have never watched Once Upon a Time, so I don't know. But I found it hilarious because I yeah. searched for Friar Chuck background because I could not figure any reason why Lucifer would use Friar Chuck. Mm -hmm. And by trying to find a reason, I learned from the internets that Tom Ellis played Robin Hood in Once Upon a Time for one scene. <laughs> it 
it's such a good scene. So this might just be fan service, but I still found it hilarious. And the next two scenes, I only have one note each. Mm-hmm. I have for scene 11, I called yes. Dan not being a douche, <laughs> naive parroting and a helpful ex. And... Mm-hmm. My one note on this scene is Dan being helpful by providing information to Chloe and actually believing her. Which I have continuous notes to. Oh, give me. Not only we are surprised that he is helping her and believes her, she is also surprised that he believes in her. And that shows me that it's not a normal situation. Which is sad. Which is very sad. But I, at least maybe we should have a Dan brownie points counter and see how low it can stay. <laughs> it's now up to one. No, it's up to two because he called her about the whole situation in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So now he has two brownie points. That's all I have for this one. How about you? Yeah, this is pretty much all I had as well. I do have a note that I love Kevin. And when there is a little moment of detective douche not being a douche, you can see the brightness and, and, the, and the beautiful light of Kevin Alejandro. Also, I really must say, playing someone so utterly unlikable and still being able to have those shiny moments mm-hmm. and then making us like him yeah props kudos to the actor yeah and just to make sure it has been said once any dislike for any of the characters does not relate to the actors we do we do not objectify the actors even when we talk about the sexiness that lucifer is and exactly we do not hate on the actors even when we do hate on some of the characters sometimes yeah because that is gross. Exactly. Good. Speaking of gross. Speaking of gross. My next scene is called Ugh, Josh Bryant is a trash human being. Oh, I called it Creepazoid is blah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we both went for a sound effect in our title. My scene description is our dynamic duo find their photo stalker. And my mm. only note is... The bad guy this episode is even more disgusting than the last one. That's all I have. I have this thing about the whole being first speech. Oh, let's hear it. So they ask him, what do you want, Josh? And he says, to be first. What is it you desire? Sorry. And he says, to be first, no matter what. Which, in my opinion, is the shittiest goal you can have as a human being. It's not always the best to be the first. I wouldn't say it's the shittiest, but it's extremely shallow. It makes you a trash. It makes you trash. It makes you horrible. I... Uh, no. Just no. This is not a goal that you want to aspire to. It's just... Excuse me. Blah. Yeah, but I'm, just, I'm, I'm only disagreeing that it's the worst. Yeah, like, I know. I can think okay. of many worse ambitions. Possibly. So. Yeah. However... I'm just gonna go on in the in the thought. So he has no empathy. And we had this debate about serial killers once. And mm. he has no empathy. And serial killers don't have empathy. And therefore, I'm pretty sure that Josh is a sociopath. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And psychopath. And I don't like him. And he's horrible. And I hate him. Have I said I hate him? I'm super impressed how they get it across. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very well. And his face when he when he talks about all of this. And also how he tries to come across as genuine. Yeah, he's pretending to be a human. That's how it comes across. But it's, 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 so, it's so well done. He's, he's doing it so bad, but it's so yeah. well done how bad he does it. Yeah, it's not throwing me off. It just shows me what it is. Yeah. Okay, but more than enough time spent on the Creepazoid, in my opinion. Okay, let's just move on for now because we will be back to that. Scene 13. I called this the two ways of doing what is right. Chloe decides she needs more proof before pursuing Josh and Lucifer decides to indulge in some of his olden ways with Mace. And we love that. I find it hilarious that we again get proof that Lucifer is not a fan of the law. Yep. For him, we have talked about it before. Exactly, we get it again that he doesn't. He doesn't need proof in the sense of human law. He has enough proof to now disperse punishment. But Chloe, of course, being the good cop, which also sets her apart from people like Dan or the corrupt cop in the beginning of episode one, she obviously needs more. So I, I like that mm-hmm. dichotomy. I think is the word. And also, did you notice that Mace is eating an apple? I have like five notes on this. Oh, sorry. Just on Mace eating an apple. 
apple. Ooh, give me, give me, give me. So, for one, she is eating an apple with a knife, which is the coolest way how to eat an apple. It's the only way. Which is, this is the only, it's so the best. I cannot bite into apples, I hate it. I would love to bite into apples, but my gums bleed instantly. Exactly. So, this is, yeah. Same. It's great. <laughs> and, and, as an added thing to it, this is what I used to do when I was a teenager, when I wanted to feel cool. Because I felt the coolest and the most badass when I ate my apple with a knife. Fair enough. Super duper cool. Also, maize is perfect. Also, it's the return of the apple. But the apple is green. It's still an apple though. Yeah, but I love that the apple Lucifer had was shiny, shiny, perfect red. And yeah. her apple is smaller than the apple Lucifer had and it's green. Do you think that it's a call to their personality slash demon angel? I think it might not have been an accident why they got different apples and I think there could be stuff red into it because red and green have certain color attributes the size is relevant mm -hmm. she is actually eating the apple he doesn't so yeah I like the parallels, but also with the differences. Yep, I love this. And a bang on great finish of the scene with Lucy saying, let's go deliver some punishment. And she's so happy. She's so happy. Yeah, finally, she got her Lucy back. But sadly, not for long. first we have to see Chloe's way of doing things the right way. Mm -hmm. And Chloe tries to get Nick to testify against Josh, but she loses him because Dan calls. And she leaves the room to answer her phone. She really should stop answering her phone when she's talking to yeah. people. It's very yeah, rude. it's very rude. What I found impressive is that Chloe seems to genuinely forgive Nick. Yeah. Because when Lucifer early on told her that Nick is genuinely trying to repent, she was very, yeah, whatever. And she now seems to genuinely forgive him. And I think that speaks to her character. Yeah, I do have a note on uh, her being very mature in this whole end of episode. Yeah, mature, but, but, but mature in a good way, not in a bad way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I find it hilarious when she gets the call from Dan and learns that Josh is missing. Who could have seen that coming? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. The next scene I called Lucifer's way of doing things the fun way. Showdown between the two paps and a realization for Lucifer. I have several quick notes just through the scene. When he describes Nick as a necessary evil, he's also describing himself, basically. Yeah. The devil is a necessary evil in the world, at least in Christian lore. I love every little thing about Mace. Yes. Her style, her words, her face, her stare, her looks, her clothing, her talking, her actions, her knives, her pants, everything. There's nothing about Mace that isn't perfect. Yep. I love how Lucifer sets up the duel with disgust. <laughs> utter perfection yeah in fairness this whole thing besides being completely wrong and extreme and crazy it's perfect it's quite good it's perfect I yeah. love how impressed Lucifer is that Mace put in blanks into Josh's gun he did not see that coming yeah she didn't load it there's no bullets in it or that yeah but he didn't yeah. see that coming yes <laughs> and I love that he has no issue admitting that and he's happily impressed I found it a bit heavy-handed with Chloe's words to Nick. You try to change and that's what matters. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very much in your face. But those words, of course, hit really home for Lucifer. And that's why they're there. Of course, it's very in your face. It, it is. I'm complaining on a very high level. I love that Lucifer realizes, hmm, I might have misread the situation and abuses Amenadiel's powers to rectify Which it. Which I absolutely adore. It's perfect. It's how can I piss off my brother, solve the situation and just have fun with it. it, it, it it's brilliant. Yeah. I absolutely love it's it. It's so good. Maze is not happy, which I can relate to. This was not what they agreed on. So yeah. she's disappointed. She wanted carnage. She got nothing. Yep. And Chloe is very, very much confused. But obviously believing what Lucifer is saying is not an option because then we probably wouldn't have a show. <gasps> That's all I have. What about you? The whole moment 
where they show up. Yes, Mace, love this. I love that uh, that we get a little bit more background and we are shown that she's quite powerful demon because she has no issues taking Josh, the psychopath, without any any problems and just, you know, tying him up and throw him in the back of the car. She is strong, capable, smart, has her own methods that might be a little bit too violent or questionable, but we still love her. And it's just the competence and, and I love her and she's amazing, especially in this moment. And then I have written in all cups, psychopath, 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 because he's a fucking psycho. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's a serial killer. He needs to die. Okay, maybe that's a bit too much. No, he needs to go to jail. He needs to go away. Yes. So I don't have to look at his stupid face anymore. And this is this is his psychopathic face, not, not his actual face. The eyes of the actor are super amazing. He is very good. Right? He is so good. I hate him so much. And again, mm-hmm. hate the character so much. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we made our point very clear on that. We established, yeah. <laughs> but the moment when Chloe shows up and she tries to convince Nick not to shoot while Lucy is trying to convince him to do it. And it's a very nice parallel of having an angel and devil on each shoulder. So Chloe is an angel for you. Well, in this moment, this is the way it's positioned as well. So they're each on one side whispering advice into his ear and he needs to make a decision like a human, which he makes... Obviously the wrong decision, which ends up with the amazing situation of Lucy praying to Ames and slowing the time, which is amazing. And I absolutely agree with you on that. And the fact that Lucy, the first thing he pretty much does is that he comes up to Josh and kicks him into his groin. I love that so much. It's so good. Yeah. And then uh, there is the, the music change, the little yeah. tiny music change that happens between Ames leaving and Josh grabbing his balls and falling to the ground. Though I, I love it when Lucifer tells uh, Amanda Deal, basically you were right, how yeah. to make this sound so insulting. Usually yeah, when you tell someone you're right, it's something positive. But in this case, it's it's such an insult. I love it. <laughs> also, Ames calls Lucifer Lucy. Yes. Which, thank you for the validation. Ah. <sighs> Why would you short such a beautiful name? Because it's shorter to, to spell out, to write. True. Also, four for letter names are perfect. Right, Vero? <laughs> sure, Lina. Thank you. <laughs> it's all good. Right, Ames? Yeah, that, but that's only three letters. No. So that's why he sucks. Ames? A-M-S? No, A-M-E-S. Okay, I didn't put an extra letter in there. Ah, mm. I have Ames with only three letters, but Mace is also four letters, so... Ooh. Yeah. Chloe. No, no, no. I do somehow, I don't know why, but I do call her Chloe in my C-H-L-O. Oh God, why would you? In my notes. I Because it's shorter. Don't, don't hate me. Also, Ames, three letters, Dan, three letters, both suck. Yeah. Case closed. <laughs> Yeah, God sucks. See, three letters. (laughs) (laughs) Dad. (laughs) Sorry. Scene 16, Uh. I called non-digital natives and that weird thing, the internet. Chloe tries to prepare her daughter, but is way too late. Yay. I find it cute that Chloe tries to Mm. educate her daughter daughter on the movie and what it could entail for her and that she might get made fun of for it but it's a classic generation thing where once you reach a certain age you kind of lose touch to what your children have access to Mm. and it's it's telling in my opinion she should know what Trixie has access to and I I love Trixie's reaction to the movie. I absolutely love (gasps) Trixie's reaction to the movie. She thinks it's so funny and hilarious, but it's not even in HD. Uh, Thank you, Trixie. I have a a note. Yes. Trixie is the best character on the show. Fight me. Uh, I will fight you because... How dare you? Mace is the best character on the show. Oh, fuck. I forgot about Mace. No, Mace is... This is... We're gonna we're gonna shelf this discussion for the future. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's shelf. I this. say let's Mace is the best character. You say Trixie is the best character. And in the future, whenever either of our favorites does something, we can yes. add it to our counters. There we yes. go. Yes. I'm winning. Never. Scene seventeen. <laughs> penultimate scene. I called therapy is sexy. 
After sadly not seeing sexy times, Linda continues to be a great therapist. Lucifer says that he's so used to being in control and now not having it is exciting. But I am gonna claim that someone who is that used to be in control will very quickly come to loathe not having it. Yep. When you're that much of a control freak, it's... Deep denial. Yeah, there's th- th- that he's not bothered by this. Mm-hmm. And I think Linda is, of course, far more on track with it can be scary. And yes. I would be very surprised if it doesn't become scary for him. Because being yeah. in control and then suddenly not having control is one of the most terrifying things you can do. But I like that Lucifer here acknowledges honestly and not in an insulting way that Linda was right. Mm -hmm. It is a who and that he does not know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. And I I like how his therapy sessions, even though in the beginning he will deny something, he comes around and accepts the reality and then confronts it. I like that. Lucifer does show personal growth. Last scene. Yes. I call this The Devil Will Drive You Mad. There is a beautiful parallel between the first scene and the last scene. Tell us all about it. Well, Devil Will Drive You Mad. I remember the preacher Hmm. who was driven mad by Lucifer's face. And now we have another person. So Lucifer just leaves behind a trail of disintegrated brains. Almost literally. That's a very good point. I like that. I wonder how many people in matching institutions are because of Lucifer. How much damage he could have done in five years. I found it nicely done that Jimmy only starts to react once Lucifer's name gets mentioned. Yeah. I found the scene surprisingly gruesome because so far this show hasn't gone for gory. Mm -hmm. It's a very lightly handled show most of the time. And the way he starts smashing his face on the see-through wall with the blood smearing is quite gruesome. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I am very surprised by Chloe's apparent non-reaction. She's just standing there when the hospital people are securing Jimmy and, and trying to get him to calm down. I think she's mainly in shock. I don't think she expected anything like that. I'm, I'm very curious how it's going to be next episode. Because yeah. this episode closes with her just standing there and looking. And there's all emotion is missing from her face, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I'm very curious curious uh what's gonna come of that and that are all my notes for this episode but of course i i have general thoughts do you me too yes oh you go this is a good episode we are getting to know all our characters a little better Mm -hmm. i don't hate dan as much i love (laughs) trixie more I love Mace, even though her time on screen is very limited. Yes, we need more Mace. She manages to use it to the very last second. Yes. And I can't wait for Chloe to finally believe Lucy that he's the devil because, you know... It seems so obvious. Yeah, she she must believe now. She's seen it all. Well, she hasn't seen his devil face. But that's the very last thing she hasn't seen. I'm convinced that she's going to start believing him from next episode. <laughs> I have to say, in the beginning of the episode, I didn't like Lucifer as much as I liked him in the first episode. Mm. I've mentioned that he came across for me as way more egotistical than he did in the last episode. But I feel that he comes across, like he, he, he turns around very well in this, over the episode. But I feel like they raised his callousness, his, his shallowness t- too much for the beginning of the second the pilot was a personal relevance of the case for Lucifer. This time we had a personal relevance of the case for Chloe. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how we're going to deal with a case that has no personal relevance for either of them. Mm-hmm. Like how, how are we going to argue the need for Lucifer to be there if he has no personal relation to the case? I'm very curious how that is going to be dealt with. The Lies of Lucifer encounter remains at two because we had this discussion. You say one, I say two. Yes. We have no new lies. 
you answered all my questions that I had this episode. So <gasps> Woo! I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> It only took me three hours. So we're not gonna have questions for the future from this episode. Just a quick thing. We still have open questions. Qu open question. What does happen when a devil leaves hell? Who took mm -hmm. the job before he had it? Or did the job not exist before him? We mm -hmm. still do not know why Lucifer despises children. We do not know if or if not why Lucifer's powers do not work on Dan. And we have a cut question that only our believers have heard yet, which is, do angels have free will, yes or no? And if only Lucifer has free will and all other angels not, is it related to the fall? Okay. Those are our four open questions at this moment. Fun times. Fun times. With this, I think, all that is left to say is, again, thank you to our wonderful five patrons you have no idea how much we appreciate it and thank you of course to everyone listening if you want to keep in touch with us you can do so via twitter at the apple of truth one word or instagram at t-a-o-t podcast we also have a facebook page that can be found under both names our episodes can be found on spotify and on itunes for those of you of course who want to know if there are other ways to get involved besides telling all your friends to listen to the show, find us at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. Bye! Bye.